Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Sit Black and Watch, episode seven. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, So we're going to go ahead and get right into it. I got a special guest, but before we do that, my strong black lead of the week goes out to the phenomenal Jarrell Jerome, who just won an Emmy. Um, I I was so excited um, to see him, you know, win this Emmy and give his speech because, one, he's a phenomenal actor, but two, his portrayal of Corey Wise in uh, When They See Us was beyond amazing. It definitely, you know, I sobbed the entire time that I watched it. Um, Shout out to Ava DuVernay for doing her thing in the the cast, the entire cast, the ensemble. Like, it was amazing and it's well-deserved. And he's been phenomenal since Moonlight. And um, he actually was just in... um, a, a film that showed at Urban World Film Fest to um, was it All Rise. So be on the lookout for that because that's coming out soon. But congratulations to Jarell Jerome and the rest of the cast of When They See Us. You guys are amazing. All right, so I got my guest. You want to introduce yourself or? Oh, I, I don't know how your podcast goes. So I'm gonna let you works. introduce. I'm gonna let you introduce yourself. So okay. go ahead and tell us <laughs> what people may know you from. Say your name and tell us what people might know you from. Yeah, uh, what's good, y'all? I'm Jerry Madison Jr. You may know me if you went to high school with me um, <laughs> down in Acres, Home, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, um, Texas. So, but if you did not go to high school with me, um, you may know me from. This trailer that went viral a couple months back called um, Bel Air, mm-hmm. which is a modern day remake of the Freshman to Bel Air from a dramatic standpoint. Yeah, what's good? Yes. Happy to be here. Thank, Thank you so me. much. So I ran into him um, at Urban World, but yeah. prior to running into him at Urban World, and this is how I always, y'all know on the podcast, I talk about full circle moments and like just the timing of everything. We had actually FaceTime in a group. Um, one of his close friends was, I was in Philly for the weekend. <laughs> how funny is that? I was in Philly um, with my homegirl, Fatu. Hey, girl, I know you listening to this. Um, and and um, the trailer had just dropped, and we all watched together. And he was like, I'm going to FaceTime you right Shout now. Shout out to Jalil. Yes, Jalil, Jalil. Um, and so, yeah, we all, like, sat on the – like, we were all so excited to just talk to you. And mm-hmm. so when I saw you, I was like, I know that face. And so I just was like, I'm going to just walk up to him. A lot of people that – know me and for those who don't know me i am the queen of like rolling up on somebody and being like look i don't i don't even remember your name or but i know your face or we've met from here and there or um that's how i got stefan bristle on the the podcast yeah i went yep just rolled up onto him i'm I'm very bold in that aspect so you know thank you for you know coming and sit with us so I want to talk a little bit about your start in acting. Yeah. Like, how did you decide that this is what you wanted to do? Because you are from Texas, and you went yeah. to A and Texas yeah, yeah, Texas A and M. Yeah, you know, trying to do that research. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, talk, talk about um, you know what did you major in while you were there, and how did you you know get into acting? Yeah, um, so I went to Texas A and M with the goal in mind of being an engineer. Mm. So. Um, I started off kind of general studies and I was going into mechanical engineering that didn't work out the way that I wanted to. So I, I ended up, um, going into this adjacent major called industrial distribution, which is a hybrid major of engineering and business. Um, cause I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. I just hadn't been in school so long. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to graduate? Oh, and not like it. Five, well, nope. Wait, four and a half years. Oh, okay, so that's it didn't not take, bad. That's but you know, bad. like, yeah, I know once you get mean. to your junior year, it's like, bro, you gonna be here an extra year if you switch majors and something that negates all of my credits because I was heavy in the math and the science and all that mm. stuff. It's like ain't too many other majors that, um, that I could, that I want to do that are adjacent to this. I would have to try something yeah, completely different. Yeah. I know what I want to do anyway, so I just knew I didn't want to be an engineer. But I love the math and the physics. and No, I hated physics. Excuse me. Chemistry. I love chemistry. Oh, I like chemistry. Uh, but yeah, so I was like just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really funny. Like this guy that definitely just, just don't hold on too tight to your preference and just walk yeah. in purpose. Because there's, there's a difference between purpose and preference. So my preference was to go to... Um, all of the career fairs and mm-hmm. just kind of coast and not really pay attention because I was going to take us about six months off after I graduated 
So I went to the career fair just because I can get out of class senior year. They were mm-hmm. like, if you at the career fair, you ain't got to be here. I was like, bet. Mm-hmm. So I was there in my nice suit. And uh, <laughs> I was telling jokes to recruiters, you know what I'm oh, saying? Wow. Yeah, like I, I was just, you know, doing my thing, having a good time. And it was the black lady. She she looked at me and she gave me that finger and she she pointed and told me to come up. <laughs> yeah, I, she I was like, come in there. She's like, she see me over here doing the food, bro. Yeah. So uh, I went over to her and she was like, are you interested um, in and traveling and getting paid to do so and mm-hmm. and kind of being put up into a, a dope program for people coming out of college mm-hmm. and, and like having a stipend to work. I was like, what, what you talking about, lady? Right. So she, she ended up getting me an interview with this company called Ryerson. So they had a six-month training program that was pretty much like a, minist- a miniature college um, for recent college graduates where they would train you mm-hmm. um, in Minnesota and put you up in housing and pay you. Um, and then place you in one of their 90 locations across, you know, the the globe. I was like, oh, that sounds dope. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like an opportunity to get out of my comfort zone. And I've never really been outside of Texas. So I jumped on it. Um, yeah. I went to uh, Minnesota for six months. It was cold. I don't know what. Negative 20 degrees. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it was kind of trash. I was like, oh, this is what snow is. Um, <laughs> but But from there, I ended up in Cali. I never mm. wanted to live in L.A., mm. but... Isn't it funny how the yeah. places you always say you don't want to be, sometimes you yeah. end up there? Yeah, I, I really wanted to be back in uh, back in the South, but, mm. you know, that was definitely bigger plans. So I moved to Cali, hated my job, mm. um, and then I met a writer, and he was like my first friend in L.A., and he wanted a millennial perspective on his scripts. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm a millennial. <laughs> I guess I can give you some perspective. Uh, so I started reading and stuff with him and he really liked the way I analyzed the characters mm-hmm. and the way I thought about it so he kept calling me back like every week and he yeah. would like feed me sometimes he would pay me a little bit mm-hmm. and he just kept saying I should try acting mm. and I was like no and I kept saying that Kanye quote I don't I forget what song is in but he's like all the way in Hollywood and I can't even act you know? mm-hmm. so like I was I had pictures with captions on that like you know but yeah he just kept pushing me and pushing me and I finally was like okay bro like I'll be in your short film all right, right. dang so I'm it's I'm the lead of his short film and he I just realized that I actually had something and everybody's yeah. like bro you're really good like just mm-hmm. naturally I was just and I wasn't even taking it serious really I was just doing it because I didn't have anything else to do mm-hmm. and then from there he pushed me to go to acting classes so I did that and after five months I had a manager Mm-hmm. And I went on my first commercial audition and I hated it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, I, I can't um, not have any control as as an actor. You know, you don't really have too much control over the end product. You just do your performance and then the editor does theirs and the director does theirs. Yeah. And so, yeah, I really wasn't a fan of seeing people that look like me doing the audition for things I didn't care about. So I kind of stepped away for a while. Um, and then uh, Bella happened. I answered your question then I just kept going so no, I don't no, know no. if you want me to just like keep going no I mean the, the, that was great I, that's so funny though because you were like and then Bel Air happened and I think that that's so funny how like I've, I've met quite a few actors over time and even watched interviews of actors who literally were like Acting was not what I wanted to do. And somehow yeah. they found their way in there. And, you know, we were yeah. talking about purpose. Mm-hmm. And when sometimes, I remember when I went to ABFF, uh, yeah. Dondre Whitfield, yeah. who played on Queen Sugar, mm-hmm. he said something to the likes of, like, sometimes your passion is not always your purpose. Yeah, most definitely. And, 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 and um, your, he was like, sometimes your your passion work is what will get you, you know, it, it's what you may, pays the bills, mm-hmm. but your purpose work is greater and yeah, sometimes you have to like bend at the knee and really follow what your purpose work is because if you don't god is definitely gonna stop you like yeah. hold up like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, man so that couldn't be truer because i remember vividly having arguments with god mm-hmm. i was like why 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 is acting a thing like why why do you keep calling me to do this mm. why am i going to classes why do people keep telling me to do it it just did not make sense and i would drive over an hour after work, because mm-hmm. I was working a nine to five on Monday nights, which Mondays are the worst. That's the worst day of the week, you know, working <coughs> working a job you hate. So yeah. you are in a bad mood, and I'll get there, and then 
my teacher would be late. Mm -hmm. So I would already have waited all this time and I would be in class. And I was like, bro, oh, why am I doing this? This doesn't make sense. I went to school for engineering and business. Like, I don't, it just didn't, it didn't make sense to me. Um, so I just kind of endured that. And then I walked away and I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'll find yeah. other ways to be creative. And I started my podcast, Destiny Moments. And I was just like, I'm just going to create like this and figure other stuff out. But God still, for some reason, would not let acting leave me. Somebody, yeah. so I'll get to Bel Air since I know this is. So, um, like I said, I hadn't acted in over a year. And one of my homies from the acting class, mm -hmm. the only acting class I've ever been to in my life, he hits me up and he's like, hey, Jerry, there's a role with this filmmaker out of Kansas City. Uh, the lead just dropped out. They're filming next week in mm. Kansas City on a Wednesday. Like, mm. And I told him about you. He thinks you're perfect for it. Like, you have to look for it. Do you want to do it? And I was like, bro, this is real. Like, what y'all talking about? Yeah. So he shot me over his stuff. Um, and I was like, it's actually pretty decent content that he's put out before. So I had to make a decision. It was like, am I going to um, take advantage of this opportunity? Or am I going to kind of let fear hold me back? Or my skepticism or my doubt? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and, and also I had to finesse, you know, I only had two vacation days. I need three. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know how corporate America is. You, yeah. you can't just pull vacation days out of right. there. You, you got yeah. to go. Exactly. Um, so I remember vividly talking to one of my good friends, my first friend in LA. Um, we, we talked for about three hours mm -hmm. and she was just like, what do you got to lose? I mean, why not just do it? What's the worst that could happen? So I remember being like, okay. And I told him, yeah, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And so I go to Kansas City and I meet Morgan Cooper. And, and uh, life started to change just from just that moment, just being on set and realizing that I could carry um, the lead mm -hmm. in a dope project, being on set for six days, doing 12 right. hour days. Carry over cheese, yeah, like yeah, no, because you, I, I, like I told you when when I when I um yeah. we're talking to you guys at Urban World, I remember I I got teary eyed watching it, and I but I do remember thinking like, I hope this comes out. Yeah. Like I mm -hmm. and I still, you know, I don't know if if, if uh, what Jerry is doing, if it, you know, yeah. if, but I I was like, man, especially once the viral video with Will yeah. Smith went out, yeah. I was like, bro, Will yeah. Smith, it, like if you're gonna yeah. invest your money in something like this, would be it, especially because we're in the the streaming world. Yeah. So I said I could, I mean, for me envisioning, I was like. I could see this on Netflix as a series yeah. and a Netflix original mm -hmm. or Hulu original, and and yeah. you know, boom, eight eight episode or ten episode, twelve episode series, yeah. one hour drama. Yeah, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. So I mean, my fingers are still crossed because I know sometimes too, it takes years for things to mm -hmm. to kind of develop get into develop and, and sell it to a network yeah. and distribution deals and things like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I mean, you were phenomenal, Thank you. and. I so what was what was it like once you you know you got on set because you hadn't done the lead role yet? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Were you nervous? Did you you know how did your did your cast make you feel comfortable enough? Yeah, I was I, I was hella nervous. So okay, here's the the, the behind the scenes story. Here's, mm -hmm. So the first day, um, I wake up in the Airbnb that they put me up in, mm -hmm. and I remember vividly having a thought like. Oh my God! Like I'm really about to go do this. Mm -hmm. This is so. This is probably gonna be very hard and difficult, but I have to do it. But I just had this sinking feeling in my stomach, mm. and I was like, "I'm here now." You know, like yeah, I'm, here. I'm here now. It's too late. <laughs> yeah. So Morgan, Morgan picks me up. We go to get a uh, like a smoothie, a morning smoothie, and we're riding over to the first location. And Morgan looks at me and he's like, "Hey, bro, how you feeling?" I'm like, yeah. "I'm gonna be honest with you, dog." <laughs> I'm a little nervous. It's been a minute, you know. What yeah. I'm I was real with him, and he's like, "All right, you be all right, you be all right, you be all right." Just to let you know, this first scene, it's the hardest, oh, and wow. it's the most important. I was like, "Yeah, appreciate that, dog. Yeah. I feel a lot better now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was hecka, 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 hecka nervous. So we get there, and um, you know, I put my stuff down, and there's cast. I'm excuse me, the crew is everywhere. I'm like, "Bro, this is a huge crew. Mm -hmm. Like, I ain't never." dealt with nothing like this before like this is a lot going on a lot of moving parts um we block out the scene with the other actress and 
Morgan's like, yep, y'all block it out. I'll be back. Da, 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 da. So <laughs> every, every, everything's yeah. set up. And, uh, <laughs> and um, Morgan is like, okay, cool. Because most of it was improv. you know. Mm-hmm. So we knew like what was going to happen in the scene. It was like, yeah. okay, so this is, this is the scene where uh, you're talking to your mom. And she, yeah. she's telling you that you're going to have to go to Bel Air. Yeah. And you're kind of struggling with it. And you're going back and forth with her. And Morgan's also a cinematographer, a brilliant cinematographer. And he was the director on the project. And he has the camera, this expensive camera in oh my, my face, goodness. this Alexa, yeah. right here. And he's like, all right, Jerry. All right, everybody good? Action. And I just, like nothing. Yeah. I said lines, but nothing came out, bro. Oh it was goodness. like so flat. It was dead. And like, it, I just kind of, I didn't necessarily freeze, but it was like this weird zone that I was in. And I'm like, you know, it was very difficult to explain. Mm-hmm. But Morgan was just like, hey, man, just like, chill, just feel good. Da, 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 da. I did it. He said, okay, action. And again, mm-hmm. I was like, da, 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 like nothing came out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Nothing came out. So I was like, bro, this is, this ain't working. And Morgan's like, this ain't working. <laughs> yeah, girl, this, you on somebody's time. Yeah, money. so yeah. he's he like, cut. I was like, all right, everybody take five. He's like, Jerry, mm-hmm. like, you need to focus. You need to get this. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to reset up the shot. And I'll call you back in five minutes. Like, just just focus. Like, we need you. So I remember I went upstairs to one of the rooms. And I got Indian style. And I started to pray and meditate. Mm. I was like, I'm all the way. I didn't, I, I'm a boy from, from Houston, Texas, Acres Home. Somehow I found my butt in Kansas City mm-hmm. on a Wednesday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, up in here, about to act. Um, I'm representing my family. I'm representing everybody that's paved the way for me. And I'm about to rise to the occasion. Um, and I said, God, grant me the, the power to do that and the focus to do it. So I go back downstairs and um, Morgan puts the camera back in my face. And he said, action. And it was on and popping from that very moment. Like that scene, that scene was so powerful. <laughs> afterwards, the whole like crew was crying. Mm-hmm. And I was crying. People were coming up after me like, oh, my God, like that performance. Like, like man, how did you do that? And I was it's like, hey, you know, I don't know. <laughs> By I, the grace of yeah. God. Oh, 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 my mama. <laughs> trying to, to <laughs> let me text her and let her know, girl, I'm mm-hmm. doing an interview. Goodbye. No, um, good. But, uh, but yeah, so that 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 moment, um, I just kind of pulled on a lot of different things. And uh, yeah, but it was like the start to something beautiful. Everybody was was great on, 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 um, on the set. I would say about Morgan, he's... One thing I love about him as a director, um, he's a brilliant director to work with mm-hmm. because he's the type of person that he won't say cut until he gets what he wants. Mm-hmm. Like the level and the standard for excellence dedication. is really dope. And I love that. And, you know, you don't always get that with everybody that you work with. So that was the dope experience to have that be my first experience. Right. So, right. Because so yeah. now it's set a precedent. So you're like. Exactly. Every everything I go on from now, I gotta achieve and and continue to build on that. Exactly. And um and then you also have a standard of the atmosphere of set too. Oh, for sure. Um, because I know working in film, um, even just from my own experience of working on um a short the first time i got to work on set i was so nervous and i was um hired i was interning i was hired to uh, do some bts stuff Mm -hmm. and um and um do some like admin work so make sure do the invoices make sure everybody was getting paid and stuff like that and then (laughs) yeah yeah and then um and then i was assisting by i was like the wardrobe coordinator Mm -hmm. so i had multiple jobs and this was my first time ever working on set so you know i'm like let me make sure i show up on time Mm -hmm. nervous because i don't know all the technical words to when you're being a pa so i'm just trying to like pay attention to what everybody else is doing and I remember there were like two people on set that were a little rude but I was like I'm not gonna let that affect me and my my mood and stuff but the director uh Corey Jackson who I've mentioned quite a few times on this podcast I always show him love because he was the first person that hired me and we worked well together and he has continued to hire me back every time anytime right. he has a project he's like hey do you want to come do this for me and and I always tell him it doesn't matter if you're paying me or you're not I enjoy working with you yeah. and I always learn and, and but I mean just 
being on set that first time and understanding that not every time, especially if you're not working with the same people, will the atmosphere of set. Because then I, the yeah. second time that I got to be on set with a different director, I hated it. Like, mm-hmm. they had me moving stuff, which, I mean, I'm like, I get it, but that's not, you You didn't, I, I got so, called for something different yeah. mm-hmm. um, PA-wise. And I'm, I'm a person, I, I like to consider myself adaptable. And I am a, whatever you need, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and mm-hmm. do it. No complaints. Um, yeah. But I was like, nah, bro. I'm not about to carry this five flights up and then I got to keep coming up and down. No <laughs> and elevator. Then you got to take pictures after that. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm good. Um, so they didn't ask me back the next day. And I, and honestly, I was like, you know what? That's probably a bridge burn, but I really don't care because it is what it is. It just, it is it what it is. Out. Right, right. Yeah. And But I, who I have continued to work with, Corey, always a great set and and I've learned so much in my two years of working with him um and he's put faith in me um because that's nerve-wracking like that's nerve-wracking too not going to school for film whether it be acting whether you're a writer or director and then getting on a set no matter if it's a low budget or a big budget film Mm -hmm. and you being like I don't even know what I'm really supposed to be doing I'm just gonna go with the flow and Mm -hmm. and figure it out yeah. So, um, yeah, I know, I know about that, that happened to me. Really, mom? Cool, sis. Um, she's I'm sorry. She's, she, I she's just text you. Um, but yeah, no, knowing what that's like to have to rise to the occasion. Oh, you know what? It's, it's definitely my little brother. My little brother, so he's four. Oh. He's four. Well, you want to be on the and, and he loves to, um, call me. And, um, clearly she has not checked her. Yeah, that's probably him. Anyways, um, so let's talk a little bit about your podcast. Mm-hmm. So how did you decide that you want to start podcasting? Because I know that mm-hmm. everybody doesn't have the voice. Everybody yeah. doesn't can't hold people's attention when they mm-hmm. um, do podcasts. Um, how'd that come about for you? Yeah, so that was kind of out of me deciding not to act, which is hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of out of me deciding not to act. Um, I knew that I had fallen in love with creativity and I knew that I had found found my purpose, mm-hmm. which is to create destiny moments. So um, a destiny moment is any moment that you experience that you um, gain something that moves you one step closer to destiny. Yeah. Um, so I knew that that was my purpose um, in, in, in various capacities. And I had discovered my voice. God told me that uh, he wanted me to speak mm. um, and use that voice. Yeah. Um, and, and he was showing me how powerful it was. I just had to believe it, you know. So once I finally got to the point where I could believe it, and I was, I had the idea like to possibly do a podcast, but I wasn't sure. Like I did a YouTube channel, and I was putting out content on there. And then I remember I was on a date, <laughs> and uh, we went to this uh, this museum, and the museum had like these podcast pods. Mm-hmm. And I forget what company did it, but. They have these pods where they'll just let you go in there. You'll do a podcast on any topic, and they'll mm. like send it to you, and they upload it. So that's like capturing people's stories, various stories. Right. So we did it, and we're on the podcast. And you know, you know, I forget. We just set a topic, and we talked about it for like fifteen minutes. And afterwards, she was like, "Man, like you're really good at this. Like you should really start a podcast. You, yeah. you should really, really do that." And I had like people DMing me telling me to start a podcast because I had yeah. the, done stuff on on YouTube and stuff on my Instagram. So I, the podcast thing kept coming up. So I, after that, that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. I was yeah. like, you know what? Like God speaks through people a, a lot of the times. Absolutely. Um, you just have to believe him, you know? Yep, absolutely. So, so I, I just obeyed and I was like, I'm going to start this podcast. And I prayed about what to call it and I prayed about uh, what I wanted it to be about. And so what it all came together with being uh, the topic matter of the, of the podcast was just me being first generation in a lot of things mm-hmm. in my family. So yeah. being one of the first male to uh, graduate college, mm-hmm. um, the first person like live in LA, mm-hmm. um, the first person to start to try to go into entrepreneurship and the arts. Mm-hmm. So just a lot of firsts and me starting to make more money than my parents had. And, and it, so I just didn't have a blueprint and I didn't have anybody to talk to me about where I was going and it was very frustrating. Yeah. And some of my friends were having similar difficulties. So I found from talking to them, they would help me work through my father issues because they had kind of overcome mm. them. And I would talk to them about, you know, overcoming some financial 
illiteracy and just just things that we were working on uh, to overcome these generational traumas and and I realized that that was such a dope powerful conversation and I thought people need to hear this conversation and this could be the topic of my podcast like breaking these generational curses because mm-hmm. it's important to talk about it yeah. so everything kind of just came to head and, and destiny moments became the name of it and I knew I wanted to talk about breaking generational curses and it was just time to, to start speaking right. uh, so I I tricked myself and I I, I really I, I I have to force myself to do stuff sometimes you know because mm, you got to do it before fear or anything else uh, creeps in so right. I, 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 I pay for some studio time mm-hmm. um I got three guests and I, I shot it I did it and um just thank god I put it out like one of my good friends my roommate he was like bro you trying to come up with this amazing marketing plan to do it you got to put it out and see what happens so I remember I put it out and I had never got a response like that from anything I had ever done before you know, yeah. and this is like before Bel Air. Yeah, like people were calling me, texting me, DMing me, just on how powerful it was. And right. I was like, wow, this is definitely something. So that's how that came about. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's super dope. And I mean, yeah. it obviously seems like just from listening to you talk mm-hmm. that um, your faith is very instrumental in leading you yeah. to to develop the gifts that you have and to go forth. For sure. um, do you, so far in your career, um, when preparing for a role, how have you implemented your faith into preparing for a role? Yeah, um, that's a good question. A lot of it has been uh, just praying and asking for guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having faith that God has made me enough. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's a big thing, especially as an artist. Like really, really believing what God has said about you, right? Because mm-hmm. um, if, if we're created in his image, and we, that means he's made us perfect because he is perfect. Mm-hmm. So how, how can we say that we aren't, you know? How can we say we're not enough? So just doing that and then with that is the self-acknowledgement. Because every time I acknowledge myself and who um, who I am and who he created, I'm acknowledging him. It's the same thing. Right. So all that gratitude, that goes back to him. So I do that with, with every role. Like just move out in thankfulness and, and faith. Um, and encourage and just praying and every step of the way, like every single step of the way, even if there's doubt, there's fear, it's right. like praying and, and going through it. Yeah, so that's how I've kind of incorporated the faith. Yeah. So is there any, um, do you have any roles in mind that you would love to play, any type of characters? Oh, for sure. Like, I, I just did this short that I that I started in, and we did a little bit of action stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was my first time working with a stunt coordinator, um, and doing like a fight sequence, mm-hmm. and that was kind of fire. So yeah, I'm 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 trying to be on my. We need more black people know, in action films. Yeah, yeah, it's like let, let me get on my action film lead type stuff. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like let's let's yeah. get on some uh some really dope, um yeah like thriller lead action stuff so mm-hmm. that's what i'm looking forward to, to playing like a complicated layered um action star yeah like that that's like in my you mind you really now. you so this say you're trying to follow in the footsteps of will because <laughs> you know yeah. will is the blocker well, he's well, like the 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 blockbuster king he i mean for a very very long time was um, yeah mo- most definitely i mean like not directly try to follow in his footsteps <laughs> i mean that would be a blessing because he has an amazing career but uh, I, I think that that's just the thing that came up right now. Yeah. Um, but there, and then, funny enough, I would love to do some more, um, like, black love stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking about that on the way over here, funny enough. You talked you know, about, we talked about that. Talked so about I'm about to have you read my so, script. So, so maybe <laughs> yeah. you might put, put me in one and we can produce it. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, so I, I think that that's super important uh, just because I haven't seen um, – healthy black love enough mm, in my yes, own life absolutely and um that's another you know generational thing that i'm breaking is marriages that last mm, so definitely seeing yeah. a, a beautiful black couple um and playing uh, opposite of a beautiful black woman and, and creating something that's a beautiful healthy black relationship yeah um and telling a strong story like that I would love to to do that as well. Yeah, so. and you know who um, that you say that that comes to mind. I don't mm-hmm. know how um, how active you are on social media, but Kadeen and Deval, um, they're. Um, 
Deval is um he's an actor and he kinda they they do these like family videos and like vlog kinda and she's a makeup artist. Um but he's so funny. They're they're amazing together. Are Very they cute. from New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they oh, have that like, podcast. Oh, it's like, they be like in, yeah. the, in the restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they have the podcast. And he like tell her like to twerk at random moments? No, no, no. I know who you're talking about. Oh, okay. No, not that couple. But oh, okay. uh, actually, no. I, well, he does have some videos where he'd be like, drop he, it. And she, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and they'd yeah, be like right. working out together? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, in a, he's in a next week show called It's Bruno. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah and he's he, funny. Yeah. He, um, they have, um their podcast called dead ass yeah, uh, yeah that so, right. but you but that just because I, I they're like one of my favorite like social like i don't want to say black, social media couples but but they're married you know what i mean and they were on the show um black love and um i met the i met the creators of that i did too i did dope. too really they dope. are they are um yeah. I actually had asked for some advice about um, doc- documentaries and stuff like that because I'm in the process of figuring out a treatment for my own about black masculinity and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So we, we're going to have to chop it up about like work stuff after sure. this because you know, I, want, I want everybody to know. Right. 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 So um, just way. to switch gears a little bit, um, what do you watch on TV? Like, what, what's like one of your mm. favorite shows out or some shows that you're into? Oh, okay. Well, I love Black Mirror. Just same. Just because of um, the way that it's shot, the way that it's acted, mm-hmm. and the super interesting um, concepts that are that are there. So, Black Mirror is definitely one. Um, the first season of, <laughs> of Dear White People. No, oh yeah. No shade. No, no shade. yeah. I, 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 I haven't even gotten mind. around to really yeah. talking about season two. We, we don't. We don't have to. But. Uh, <laughs> I, but I, I love the concept of that. Uh, yeah. I think uh, Mr. Simi, I think he's a he's a dope creative and a dope mind, dope director. Mm-hmm. So shout out to that show. Um, the first season of She's Got to Have It. I, it's you know it, it's tough. All right. Yeah. So no, you know what? Okay. So She's Got to Have It was not really my pig. Um, yeah. I love Spike. I yeah. really do. I just felt like it felt like a caricature of what millennial black women are supposed to be and not, not what we actually are. Um, I don't know if he was trying to, I guess, capture all millennial black women. Right. And I mean, I know like where there's, there, yeah, yeah. It, it is, but there were just moments where I was like, this slang doesn't fit. Especially, I'm like, if she's from New York, some of the stuff, and, and I'm not a native New Yorker, but my family is on my dad's side. Gotcha. And I, I grew up around my cousins being, mm-hmm. you know, native New Yorkers. Yeah. And I understand that things change depending on the boroughs. But even living here for the last five years, gotcha. certain stuff, I was like, this sounds super outdated. It's not up to date with some of the slang we use. It's not oh, yeah. even just the... Yeah. And then, okay, as a, a woman who... It's all for sexual liberation and all of that. Even that was a little weird because I felt like it, it felt like it was like City Girls, but meets like Erica Badu meets Shanae Aiko. Yeah, no, no, no. It was definitely hypersexualized, and then you know I wasn't necessarily a fan of like the finale of it. But I, I think that what I, what I was a fan of mm-hmm. is um, bringing more dope black art. Oh, and, absolutely. And showcasing, uh, yeah. The amazing actress that wanted to watch like she's, yeah. she's phenomenal mm-hmm. so just and i don't know what she had been in the music part. yeah like the music and just showing more of our culture mm-hmm. um from that perspective but yeah that, that's a couple things that i didn't necessarily care for yeah. but i think that's what i loved about it right and, right. and having um sh- uh, some of the characters like uh what's the the, the latina, latina oh the dude. guy that played mars yeah like yeah. you know like having characters like he's that, amazing like you know he is amazing he's my favorite character on the show so just being able to have characters like that yeah i think that was that was the brilliant part about it sometimes the storyline and some of the dialogue didn't you know, all the way right add up but i think just the essence of what that is to mm-hmm. have a, a black show um, do you um do you watch snowfall I don't watch Snowfall, but I'm going to season into three. It. That, like, that's... You got to get into it. Hulu just put up the first two seasons, and I actually was going to talk about that probably on a, a later episode because they just wrapped the season three finale. Um, and I do believe they got um, they got um, a season four in the they works. Do, they do have season four. Yeah. I'm trying to be on season four. Listen. Like, Damson is a beast. Ugh. He's a beast. He, yeah. he, not only that, but he's very humble. I met him at ABFF. Mm-hmm. Really good dude. Yeah, Just cool. really, really good dude. But um, I was going to say, John really left us, unfortunately, rest in peace to him. Um, he left us peace. with a gem of a show. I yeah. mean, the storytelling, season one, two, and three, so consistent. 
so thorough. Every character gets development. From the, the, the main to the supporting to yeah. even some of the guest appearances. Shout out to my homie that just booked the guest. Who? So, I, I, well, I don't know if it's Kim on yet. Oh, okay, okay. Shout, out, shout out to, to homie. So, hopefully, uh, that gets developed. Right. Um, but, yeah, like, every character, whether they progress or regress, it, there it's there. Yeah. And the form, the blueprint that he, I was like, I hope that season four really holds up to the three seasons they've already had that they were able to shoot with John. Um, because, I mean, good God, like even the, the, the character that plays Mel, who um, was Franklin's like, love on, interest. yeah, love interest yeah, yeah. in the show <laughs> for season three, like, she really brought it because then around season three, I don't want to give too much away for those who haven't seen, but she does get hooked on drugs. And then you'll see that that development. And I mean, that's a lot. As, would you ever um, do a character that was like a drug addict or anything like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, actually, I think that was my homie that got it from drugs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, dark skin, short. Uh, yeah. I, I forget his name, but I do know his face. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so. But no, no, no. I, I definitely, those are one of those characters that I wouldn't mind uh, embodying just because. So my biggest thing about characters like that that may not show black people in the most positive light is as long as we can go into the why of it, right? Right, right, right. Especially right. as the actor, but hopefully showing the audience, making them more human. Yeah. That's my biggest thing. If we can make this character human and mm-hmm. show more layers than just him being a um, crack at it. Yeah. Like, what, what else is happening? What is going right. on at home? What happened with his father? What happened with his and family? I think What's happening in society? So well. Like, those are the biggest things. So, yeah, because that, that's a crack epidemic happening, right? Mm-hmm. So now you get to see another one of the byproducts. Now, if it's just whole bunch of black crackheads in the show <laughs> you know what I'm saying? right just for the sake right. of black crackheads right and they a, get and, totally the, and the good thing about it too is the the opposite of mel um which is wanda's character mm-hmm. um i forget the actress's name but um both of them both they embodied like those roles seeing the before they got on drugs and the after of them being on drugs and then also the opposite in their life like mel is this girl who lives in uh, like the suburbs and um, kind of sort of the hood. And um, and I'm sure there are a lot of people that have this story. She's supposed to be going away to college, gets hooked on drugs. And people think her, like she could never, like she was supposed to go to Spelman, all yeah, this. Yeah. But then Wanda's character lives in the hood, starts helping them cook up the drugs, learns, and then, you know, gets hooked on it out of just partying. And people being like, oh, well, we expected that. that. Yeah. And so um, they're just... I, I mean, John and the, the the writing team, like, they really, yeah. and he's one of, John Singleton is definitely one in my top five of favorite directors. Yeah. Um, and I, I tell my story all the time Sorry. to people now about how I was too shy, the person who is bold, me being bold and always talking to people, I was too afraid, too shy to walk up to him and say something when I saw him at ABFF in 2018. Uh-huh. And here we are, and I mean, literally, the man was standing next to me for 50 minutes at a, a like a little gathering party or whatever mm-hmm. and right just mingling no security people walking up to him and when I realized it was him I just froze, froze yeah. and I said nope I'm gonna talk to him if I see him another day during the <coughs> festival not while we all partying and drinking yeah. and I didn't get to see him again I didn't see like not that close um in person and the, so when he passed and I got the news and then after I met his daughter at Black Star Film Fest mm-hmm. so I mean when I say I was broken up about it for a while yeah. Yeah, you, you I gotta yeah. see those occasions. I did that recently with Don Cheetah. Mm, mm. I'm coming for you, Don. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I was talking. To, I was at a the play a, an event. I'm um, during ESPY's weekend mm-hmm. at, for the Players Tribune. Mm-hmm. I'm at the Highlight Room in LA, and I'm talking to a homie. Don Cheetah like comes up, and he's like walking past, and I'm like, "Oh snap, that's Don Cheetah." Yeah. Don Cheadle. And I and we make eye contact, and I just watched him walk by. Yeah, and I I told my friend that I wanted to, I wanted to talk to to Don, right? So when he walked by, she was like, "Why you didn't say that?" I was like, "I don't know, yeah. I don't know." I didn't yeah. like throw it up. Yeah, because you because you and yeah. then there's always that you know that um that idea that you don't want to meet someone who you admire and then they're like a complete asshole or yeah. you I mean, know. It, it, I don't in that moment. I think it was I don't know what it was because normally yeah. normally first off I don't normally talk to. To mm-hmm. people like that, like, yeah, I, I just very very chill. 
chill about it. And because I, we're all human, and mm-hmm. I respect what people do, and I respect what they've uh, done. Uh, but I don't think anybody should be worshipped like a god. You know right, right, right. Like yeah, that, that's just that's just way too much. But uh, but yeah, it was it was dope seeing them, and I wish I would have said something. But I've met a lot of a lot of dope people, and mm-hmm. hopefully I'll, I'll get the opportunity. Um, to definitely tell them how much I appreciate his work. But, yeah, you will, yeah. you will. Yeah, I definitely, um, I I wish I would have seized that opportunity to just talk to John Singleton. I, I, but I also believe in, you know, time and moments and spaces and all that. And um, But for I, sure, sure. Higher Learning was uh, is one of my favorite, mm-hmm. like, college type of films. And when yeah. we start talking about, like, shoe, school shootings and stuff, mm-hmm. um, I saw it at, like, eight or nine years old Mm -hmm. and I just always was I remember my aunt so when I was a kid you know how your parents used to cover your eyes when it would be sex scenes or whatever (laughs) but that particular rape scene I remember Mm. my aunt being like no she needs to see this and 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 talk to to me about it after the fact oh that's great but I just it always stuck with me and I remember my freshman year of college having a drinking experience and be and got getting drunk like and remembering that the next day like thankfully nothing happened to me and yeah. my friends got me home safe but that always stuck with me in life and I've always wanted to talk to him about that scene and why he chose to show you know uh, portray it the way that it was and and the, the events leading up to that and yeah. stuff um so yeah I always wanted to yeah, work with yeah. him too, but you know it is what it is, and I'm yeah. sure there will be someone else that, you know, I don't want to say takes his place, but you know, is yeah, the next John. You know, every every filmmaker, right? Yeah. Every generation yeah. has their whatever you want. If you want to be like, this is the next Spike Lee or the next this, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so so far in your your film festival. Um, attendance have, have you is um, urban world the only one that you've been to or i've been to like some some smaller ones mm-hmm. i haven't got too much into the the festival um circuit just yet okay now i've been like developing my own stuff to hit it yeah with uh, some of my own projects but i've gone like to pan africa um i've and, heard of that film yeah but yeah i think those are about it and like even urban world mm-hmm. i didn't really plan to go to it yeah i just happened to be in new york and somebody was was going to it and I heard about it and I was like, oh, I'll go check it out. Right. So it was like a happenstance. Thing. Yeah. So, and see, uh, and then we met. See yeah, how that yeah, works. Yeah, so. exactly. But now like I'm coming up, I have some, some films that I'm developing and producing mm-hmm. that, I, that I hope to be, oh, I, I was actually, I, I, I'm starting two shorts mm-hmm. this past year and they're looking to put them in the film festival. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll be on the circuit next year. Right, right, Hopefully. right. And that's that's always like so, a good thing. Do you feel like um even if you decide that you want to get more into the the back half of directing and like mm-hmm. producing and stuff like that mm-hmm. um that Wait, I don't. I was trying to figure out the question I, where you I was going. Like with that. maybe acting might fall to the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good question cuz ironically enough I produced two shorts mm-hmm. um, this past weekend that shot in LA that mm-hmm. I was supposed to be in, but I was in New York and I couldn't be in them. And I was definitely hurt. I was like, man, I just helped co-wrote and yeah. co-write and uh, produce these shorts and I can't be in them. Yeah. And it was just like an easy thing for me to just go and just do it. Yeah. And it was, I was kind of distraught about it, but it was also like very proud to have produced it. And mm-hmm. I loved the back end of it too. Um, so, but I don't, I don't think that they have to compete with each other. Right. Um, I think that, What's for me is gonna be for me, and that's that's shown in my career so far. Like Bel Air was for me; yeah. it wasn't for anyone else. It was for me, and I've just adopted that with everything that I do. So yeah. even when I go to auditions, I'm like, if this is for me, it's for me. That's why you hear the stories right. like mine, right? Or you hear the stories about actors that botched their their um, auditions, but it didn't matter because it was for them. Yeah, right. Um, I'm not saying you don't you don't ever focus on your craft and work and do all these things and network, but I just keep in mind that it, that what's going to be for me is going to be for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know when my opportunities come, I'm going to rise up to the occasion because that's just what I do. And that's how God has created me. Yeah. So, uh, but, but yeah, I, I love both. But I understand and I, and I peep game. I know that in television, the writers, the writers and the showrunners, mm-hmm. those are the people that have the power. Yeah. And then in um, 
in film that it's the directors, it's the writers and the directors, you know? Yeah. So if I can do that and become the people that are producing these projects, I can have more control even over my acting career. Yeah. So And you know, it seems that yeah. that for actors is really the way in to mm-hmm. produce your own projects and yeah. write your own projects. Yeah. Um, Datari Turner, who is um, the creator of the Growing Up Hip Hop reality TV show, yeah. um, he started off as an actor and he got he wasn't getting the roles he wanted and then he also was a writer Mm -hmm. and he wasn't getting people to produce his work so he got into producing himself and um he did the movie video girl with megan good um he i'm trying to think of what else he's done i just read met him this year and Mm -hmm. really got familiar with who he was and i took a master class from him at abff and just hearing his story and how producing is how he really lifted his career and like soared and got to being now a tastemaker and actually being able to produce other people's films and things like that it's so interesting even sitting with Romel and how he started producing yeah you know (laughs) just to get more roles and have layered roles and you know so it seems like that that seems to be the way to go for Mm -hmm. a lot of actors nowadays yeah, and, and it's my uh, my train of thought that oh, that's the act, that's the creator of the future. Mm-hmm. Other people who are able to not only act but to produce it, direct it, like get everything done, and then you become um, less likely to not get a job. Like you become indispensable. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like that that that's my thing. Like I'm, I have so much value that I bring to the table that it doesn't really even matter if you don't work with me. I would love to work with you, yeah. but it's like it, it can't be stopped. Like, it's yeah. going to happen regardless. I'm going to still get booked. Yeah, and, like, the thing is, because I book myself, right? Right. And then, and then when people see me booking myself, they book me. Mm. But the, the thing, yeah. and I, I realized that, too, because, like, yeah. even being able to put together a team this past weekend, it's like, oh, it's on and popping. Yeah. Like, it's it's it's, it's done, so I don't have to wait. I've, yeah, I'll go on audition and I'll do these things, but, um, but yeah, like, it's going to hit either way. Right. Like, I'm going to be doing uh, what I want to do. Like, and that's a good place to be in, a good yeah. headspace to be yeah. in, to understand your purpose, to have that confidence, because yeah. everyone doesn't have that. And unfortunately, a lot of people get stuck in, like, waiting for their big moment. Or, you know, they 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 get yeah. down because they do audition. You know, they got, for every 30 auditions, they've only got one yes, you know, or however many, you know. Man, you're doing good. That's the ratio. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't Jeez. know because I don't act. No, no, you're right. But no, yeah. I, feel you. I see what you, and I, I feel blessed though. I feel blessed to come from a engineering and business background. Mm-hmm. Like, So um, even if you walked away from this today, you could be like, well, I'm going to still go get a job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel blessed to that. And also, because unfortunately, and we were talking about this kind of off the off the record, but unfortunately, artists are kind of brought up in this this kind of a struggling artist mentality, mm-hmm. right? And especially actors. And it's like, hey, you just gotta get in line and just like keep waiting for your turn and keep doing this, um, and hoping and praying. You know, work your butt freaking off in class and get your technique and yeah. do everything you gotta do. Get that side hustle, get that job. Yeah. Because what's gonna be for you is for you, but you gotta you gotta keep on doing. You gotta wait though. You gotta struggle for this art. You gotta yeah. earn this art. You gotta earn your spot. You gotta be patient. You gotta wait as long as it takes. And that wasn't my train of thought. My train yeah. of thought is like, I've I've done all these things. I've led organizations. Um, I've I've had always had a dope business mind and just a, a dope mind in general. I've always been a leader. So and. Also a control freak, a little bit of type A. <laughs> so, like after the very first short, the very first short that I told you about that my boy put me in, uh-huh. and it took forever to get my footage back. And then when I watched the footage, I'm like, "What is this? That's not my best take. What are oh, you doing?" Yeah. It's like I, I I hated not having the control over yeah. that right there. I was like, "Oh, I'm not gonna wait." And then once the thing that that, that pushed everything over the edge is when once I worked with Morgan, I was like, "Wait a minute, y'all niggas did this yourself?" Wait, this is self-produced? Yeah. Like, ain't no studio around? Ain't no nothing? This is you and your homies, the team, the crew you've been working with for years? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's only popping. So I, I went out on a journey to develop my own team, and it looks like that's starting to come into fruition right now with these shorts that, that yeah. I just shot. So it's like, I just feel very blessed to, to have that. And, you know, I think everybody's different. That's just my temperament. I do mm-hmm. know actors that are brilliant actors that they tell me, 
They were like, no, I'm going to meditate in my room and wait for that call. Wow. Like, I'm, I'm a beast actor. I know I just like bringing other people's uh, things to, to light. And I have other actor friends that are like, you know, just focus on one thing and mm -hmm. just focus on this craft. And if I focus on the craft, it's going to open the door for me. And I believe that, too. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I ain't wait. Yeah. I, I'm a produce. Right. I'm a write. I love that. You know, so. I love that. Yeah, create your own content. Like like Issa said, network cross. You and and even um mm -hmm. yesterday or the not yesterday, but on Saturday, the final, the closing night. I don't yeah. know. Did you get to see Black and Blue? I didn't I didn't go. So first yeah. of all, amazing film. Yeah. Um Dion Dion Taylor is great. Mm -hmm. I saw Intruder with Megan Good and Michael Ely and I absolutely loved it. Oh, I heard um, that was good too. It, yes, very, very good. But this film, he, I mean, like I said yesterday on the podcast with Romel, I was like, he and that cast and the crew, they created butter. Like, that, that I say, y'all put y'all swag all on that. Like, everything worked visually, storyline-wise. Like, yeah. it worked. And then the actors gave, like, they left it there on the floor. Yeah. Um, but he, he said yesterday, you know, stop waiting for other people to give you an opportunity. Yeah. You have everything you need to get these films made until, he said, if you build it, they'll come. Like, once you, yeah. you know, sometimes you got to do your own thing to make people notice you. So it, it could be that these next projects you have coming out is going to make some big studio notice you or make uh, some some actor who is like, oh, I want I want this person. Let's consider him for this role. You know, so um, I think that that is it's a, a thing that needs to really be. We got to beat each other over the head with that, that you don't have to sit around and wait for that big opportunity when you have access to DSLR cameras. Even yeah. if the quality is not that great, you still can go buy a, a camera under five hundred dollars and, and yep and get some of your friends even if i mean i've heard of actors who were like me and my best indie actors me and my best friend shot this together we had a crew of three people yeah. or you know we um dion cole said they shot that film in 22 days for black and blue mm -hmm. and i was like whoa because i guess in my mind especially just now getting into film i'm always thinking like they probably spent like a month or two but then it's like realistically as as much money as it costs to shoot these films, yeah. it makes sense that they're only shooting in sixteen days or twenty two days or you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my thing is once you meet people that got that got that hustle, got that grind, got that passion, got that purpose like you do, like once you network across and you find them, mm -hmm. like it's just on and popping. Like yeah, I tell people this all the time. People like to work with people who are working. Yeah. Like if you're not working, if you're not moving. I'm not. I'm, I can't get on the train with you and right. try to throw some. Keep throwing coal in your fire. Yeah. Right. I throw out coal for people as I'm moving forward, but I can't just latch on to you and drag you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'll give people opportunities, but you got to come to the opportunity. And e I mean, even when I go and I reach out, I, you know, because I've done it, I've tried to to pull and pull teeth, mm -hmm. and you know. So yeah, it's, to it's, get it's, people to edit or do whatever it yeah, is, or well, yeah, well, yeah, or just like to to say, hey, like let's make a film. Like, oh yeah, let's do it. And then you know, <laughs> you know nothing. Oh, I know, I or know like, so much like, about that. Oh man, I'm like, oh, let's do this. So it's it's just a breath of fresh air to be able to to do that. But I, I think the, this thing about auditioning and stuff, you have to wait for the thing to be the role to be right. Yeah, or you have to wait for the um this opportunity to even go on an audition. And a lot of times, this as actors, this, this is what you do. You'll justify and you rationalize a role. Yeah. So it'll be a role, it's probably not that layered and the writing's probably not that good, but you say, you know what? It's the beginning of my career. You know, I, I need something. It's with Dope Network. Yeah. So let me go ahead and, and, and do this role and you convince yourself that it's a good role. You convince yourself that it's dope. It really ain't. Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of keep doing that. Every once in a while, you get a beautiful role and it's Bel Air. Yeah. Right, that was yeah. a blessing, but for that Bel Air, there's been this all these other roles that I've auditioned for. In the back of my mind, I'm like, if I get this, I'll I'll be happy, but I'll also be like a little disappointed. Yeah, on the inside of me, like yeah. you know, I'm like damn, I'm gonna play this character. Like mm -mm. it's cool, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, but dang, this is what I'm playing. Yeah. So that that's another reason for me to create a role that you would want to see yourself in. And a lot of times, too, the reason you're not getting that role is because that's not for you, dog. Yeah. Like, I think a majority of the time, we're just going into these roles and we're trying to conform to what it is and it's not even us. And we're like, oh, you know what? Let me 
you know, you never know. And you're right, you never know, but a lot of times, yeah, like, Listen, that role ain't even meant for you, you know? O'Shea, O'Shea Jackson Jr., when I got to interview him at Urban World, he said, my advice is to not take roles that you wouldn't go see in theaters yourself. Yeah. And I said, well, he was like, you know, really take quality roles. And I was just like, wow, I never even thought of that. I mean, I'm not an actress. I don't, I, listen, I did. So it's funny because I was really shy growing up. Yeah. And, um, but I always danced. And even when I was only dancing just by myself in my living room, like I was like, I want to be a performer. We're going to have to put some music on. You talk about dancing a couple times this evening. <laughs> I have to show you a video or something. Um, yeah, so I, I knew I wanted to perform, but yeah. I was really shy growing up. Mm. Like, like mute shy. <laughs> like, yeah. but when music came on, I was like, I come I alive. And um, uh, in I think eighth, my eighth grade year, I got into a theater class, and um, he used to make us do improv a lot. And I was so like, oh my god, like I'm so shy, but I would just get out there and do it. Like for someone who was just like would just coil up when people would talk to me all of a sudden it was like being on stage but somewhere in the back of my head I was like I don't think I want to be an actress because that just seems like a lot of dedication and time yeah, yeah, to memorizing lines and things yeah. that I'm like whew. Yeah. but I always enjoyed really being on stage and I always said like i in my head, when I was trying to be a professional dancer, I would have loved to be like a dancer on Broadway, like a principal dancer, because I'm just like, to be on stage and not have any lines, but you still get to dance. I, so I went to college and I got in hairspray. <laughs> I got in oh, hairspray nice. because I could dance my ass off. Yeah. Not, I mean, my friends begged me. They were like, just come audition. And I was like, but I don't act, y'all. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to be on stage saying I, I, yeah. there's no parts, you know. She was like, nah, just come audition, just put something down. So I went and they taught us choreography. Um, my, I did a piece from um, Ch Charlie Bartlett. I think that's the name of the movie. I don't know mm -hmm. if you know that movie. Nah. Um, so I did this this monologue from that film and it was of him doing a monologue so it was like me doing a monologue of a monologue and it was um yeah and it was it was a c comedy thing it's really funny and i remember they laughed like the the people that i was auditioning for they laughed and i was like oh okay this is yeah, cool yeah. and then i had to sing and i am not a singer but i did a, a piece from annie and i something simple sung and um I didn't think I was gonna. They were gonna pick me, but they did, and they gave me a role with a name, and I had Come two on, lines. <laughs> I had two lines at the beginning. By the end, by the time we actually went to perform a month later, I had like six lines, nice. and um, just from them being like, "Oh no, say this," or you know, once mm -hmm. we would walk through it and stuff. But I just remember that feeling every night. I hate it. I knew I didn't want to be an actor because I actually hated the process leading up to it. Outside of auditioning and like uh, outside of learning the dances, the I hated the prep work for it. Like to come sit, you know, and I would be sitting in the theater watching, waiting for everybody to go through their scene and stuff. I'd be like, bro, I could be doing something else. I could be in my dorm room studying. I could be asleep. Yeah, you know, that's that's and, and, and so I knew I was like. I do not want to be an actor. However, I do love performing. And I'm like, I want to be on stage. And that's why I always knew dancing was for me. But it just makes me think about how yeah. just but every night that we went out there, I would be so nervous. But the moment we got on that stage, it was like... Yeah. It clicked, mm -hmm. and we would sing. And I mean, I still laugh at the fact that I was like, I was in a musical, and I can't sing, but somehow was carrying a tune with all these amazing singers. Mm -hmm. And 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 like my favorite um, piece of um, hairspray is um, "You Can't Stop the Beat," which is obviously the biggest number in the the yeah. film and um, the show. But when we would get to and we get that last, that was the closing song, and we would hit that mark. Every time I remember, I would start crying at the end because I was yeah. like that feeling of feeling like so fulfilled of yeah. being like, oh, my God, look at all these people clapping for us. This is so cool. So, but yeah. I much respect to what you guys do. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, everything he said, it speaks to um, how we hold ourselves back and conditioning. And it also speaks mm -hmm. to the power of community mm -hmm. and the people around you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you being around those people. Everything, everybody around me is a mirror, right? Mm. So the very fact that you were there said so much about you. Mm. Uh, every time somebody is talking to somebody or in a room where they don't feel like they they should be in, mm. my response is always, "What does that say about you?" Mm. Like, 
that's all this is. And yeah. so if you ever think about anybody that you respect, anybody that you admire that inspires you, what does that say about you? Yeah. Because the only reason you're able to identify and see those characteristics is because you have those inside of you. Mm. Now, it may not be fully realized yet, but it exists. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm. So I, I always think about that with myself, but especially others. It's like, what does it say about you? Yeah. Like, if, if you're there, if you're in the room and people are coming up to you, if they're talking to you, if that appeals to you, if that pulls something out of you. And even the reciprocal, like, if something makes you frustrated or jealous or angry, yeah. what is that saying? Like, you mm. got to follow this, right? Like, if yeah. you're saying, oh, I can do that better. Or, oh, like, that was trash. And this yeah, was that. yeah, yeah. Why is it bothering you so right. much? Why is it bothering you? Yes, come on, it's speaking, Because it's, cause it's <laughs> speaking of something on the inside yeah. of you. So I say follow all of those inklings mm. and remember what it says about you. Like, it's... It's holding up the mirror. So whoever you admire right now, whatever those attributes are, mm -hmm. you have those same attributes on the inside of you. Otherwise, you wouldn't even see them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like that is a good close. Oh, yeah. I think that was. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> um, so if, if you guys don't take anything else away from this episode, like definitely just take away the fact that as a creator, you have everything that you possess to get started. Stop waiting for somebody else to give you the opportunity when you can make the opportunity yourself. And um, sometimes your your passion work is not your purpose work. Shout out to Dondre Whitfield from Queen Sugar. Yeah. Um, thank you again so much yeah. for coming to just be on the podcast mm -hmm. and chop it up with me i really sure. really appreciate it um don't forget guys that the new show mixed ish is coming on this week i believe I, yeah. the 24th tomorrow yeah. um i'm sure by the time you guys hear this that it might not be up i don't know if i'm gonna put this one up first or romels but yeah. Either way, I hope that you guys are watching Mixed Dish, and I'll make sure that I do talk about the pilot episode. Um, I did have the pleasure of seeing Tika Sumter at the Urban Wealth Film Fest. I didn't get to interview her, unfortunately, um, because of just time constraints and stuff. But, um, yeah. Uh, and make sure, I'm trying to think, was there something else I need to tell you guys? Nope, I'm going to do an Urban World Film Fest episode for y'all. So just talking about the festival and all the indie creators I met and plugging those indie films that I did get to see. So make sure y'all look out for that and um, be blessed. Thank Peace. <laughs>